0: Welcome to Second Cherry, almost a Eurovision podcast. This week we travel to Denmark. Hello and welcome to Second Cherry, I'm Monty.
1: And I'm Matt. And this is the podcast that revives the songs that didn't make it to the Eurovision Song Contest. Each week, we take you through a different country's national final and pick the song that we think deserves a second chance, a
0: second bite of the cherry. At the end of the series, you, the listeners, vote for your favourites. And at our live event, we crown the winner... ...of the Second Cherry Song Contest. Ooh,
1: which has a live show. Um, we're fast approaching the live show, Monty. We are.
0: No. We'll have some details about that presently. <laughs> How's you? I'm very well, thank you. Yeah, we've um, had a little bit of a break from uh, publishing the podcast, at least. Yeah. <laughs> Life gets in the way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're back. So it's just after Wimbledon, which I, of course, love. So I've been having... Sort of my second obsession after Eurovision is watching the tennis. You're
1: part of that group of people that like Eurovision and tennis. And there's quite a few
0: of you, actually. There, there? are, actually. Yeah, it just surprised me. Yeah. May, it surprises me more that most of us are gay and we're into a sport <laughs> as well. I know that's a stereotype, but, you know, I did grow up, you know, with a... Baruka for three years just to get me out of PE. <laughs> <laughs> I'd always constantly forgetting my kit. I was never really sportif as a child.
1: Well, maybe if you had, um, you know, uh, the tennis stars of not yesteryear, like now, like what what Rafa and Federer,
0: and like they're quite inspiring. Yes, and Alcarath the yeah. the new bee who won Wimbledon. He's, he inspires me <laughs> <laughs> always. <laughs> but anyway, we've got your view too talk about. We can't stand around here all day. Chattering. Well, actually, chatterings is exactly what we're exactly going to do. Exactly what we're going to do. <laughs> <laughs> so, have we had any missives? No, not really. Oh, okay. <laughs> fact,
1: a few people have tweeted. Uh, um, Dude Points is um, uh, quite happy with our Lithuanian selection. Good. It's the correct selection, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, and we agree. <laughs> Absolutely. So, uh, thanks for the feedback. Um, lovely. Um, yeah, that was it. No one there. No one is, you know, Boiling away, hating us for our opinions or...
0: Well, that's good. (laughs) Always good. If you are, keep it to yourself. (laughs) So we're going to have a look at Denmark this week. So let's get on with it. The Danish final was held on the 11th of February 2023 at the Næstved Arena in Næstved. I, I, that's my best Danish. that's as good as you can get <laughs> it was of course the Dansk Melody Grand Prix um, and it was hosted by Tina Muller and Heino Hansen there was just the one song to determine the winner. But there were two rounds of voting as they always are in Denmark. In the first round, the top three songs were determined exclusively on a public vote and qualified to the superfinale. In the superfinale, the winner was determined based on a combination of votes from the public jury and a five-member jury panel. The jury included Emily DeForest. Well, it has to. She's always... Always does. And also Ulla um, Topol, who is somebody that I know who used to be do the commentary for da- Danish TV. And I know from being around and about a he Eurovision. He's very lovely, so it's very nice to see him Aww. on the panel. He doesn't, doesn't commentate anymore, so he was free to, to give his opinion unfettered. <laughs> <laughs> so that was the, um, the, the final. There were um, three songs that advanced to the superfinal, and actually we're not talking about any of them tonight. <laughs> <laughs> so take the winner... Which is one of them. Take the five songs that we do pick and the remaining two are the two that got to the super final. But second secondary, that's, that's what we're about, right? <laughs> so, kind of, that's where we are in terms of our um, accordance with the Danish public. <laughs> but, uh, of course, uh, Denmark went to Eurovision with Riley and Breaking My Heart. And with high hopes, I think, of a good result. That didn't materialise. No, he was 14th in the semi-final.
1: I mean, I don't I don't know. There's there's reasons I I think what is it that the vocal was quite weak and I don't mean bad, I mean like um timid. He's got a very uh light vocal and I don't know if it punched through, but the song's so well produced, it's really catchy
0: in studio version. Yes, yeah. but I'm just not sure he had the the gumption to carry off let's have a little blast of it anyway
1: if we could get
0: So, Riley, there, with Breaking My Heart, and only six points, all of which came from Iceland. There were only two places lower than him, and they were the two null pointers Ooh. in this year's contest. It was San Marino and Romania, so... But look,
1: this is a massive, massive uplift from last year, which, do we even... We didn't even talk about the Danish last year, because it was not, it was so it was not that good. Um, I think this is a marked improvement, and actually... Riley has the fans, you know, he's got TikTok followers, loads of TikTok followers, millions, in fact. Um, I I think it's all right. I think they'll do all
0: right. Maybe they are all in Korea and couldn't vote for him. (laughs) Well, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Shame, really, because, you know, I think there is something about him as an artist... You know, maybe not everybody's cup of tea. Yeah, but I think he's uh, he's got a niche, and hopefully, he will flourish within it. So that was the format of the Danish final. Let's have a listen to the songs that we want to highlight. (music) The first song is called "Stuck on You" and it's by Frederick Leopold. So I'm stuck and do I'm stuck in the low I'm stuck I'm stuck I'm stuck a do I'm stuck the doom Matt Frederick is well, he's a twink in a suit, and there are some members of the second cherry team that would find that very appealing
1: yes I imagine there is yes <laughs> how is
0: how is Frederick's uh, sartorial choices appealing to you um I, I'm not sure about it if I'm honest
1: because it's very gray it's a gray suit and his uh, back in dancers are sort of in a beige color which, it all seems quite washed out really sort of yeah gray and beige aren't don't come across well on stage when <laughs> the back to back but I think if he had Proper showmanship skills and was really super confident. Maybe he could pull it off, but I I, I don't think... I think that needs some work. His confidence wasn't quite there. (laughs) Certainly at the start, it's a great little pop song, I have to say. This was straight on my playlist when it first came out and it stayed there ever since. I never skip it. Great song. Um, I just think performance was just a bit odd sometimes. He did seem to liven up, though, when he left the stage, did some high fives, started performing right in front of these of audience. And I think then he kind of caught a bit of confidence and was like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm singing on stage, you know, on TV. And he went back on the stage, got amongst his pals, and then actually was really quite, he was and got. It was such a marked improvement from the first half of
0: the song and the second half of the song. It's a catchy ditty. I, I really like it is that thing about sometimes when you're on stage you are a little bit disconnected from the audience and you're you're expecting a little bit of sort of more buoyant feedback um or you know sort of in connection with the crowd and you don't really get it so maybe it was going out into the crowd that sort of brought that out of it um i mean you say beige in the, the color of the outfits i mean i think there's a bit of beige in the the, the structure of the song as well. Um, it's a funky little, you know, bouncy number. Um, it, it reminds me, as it goes into the chorus, It always, I always think it's going into all night long. And it doesn't. But I wonder if that kind of is a deliberate um, structure in the songwriting to lead you into something that you think is going to be familiar. And so it draws you in as it's going into the chorus. Um, I mean, he struggled vocally a bit and, you know, maybe that was all connected with the the confidence and and everything, but um, I think it just, it fell a little bit short for me. There's um, some very interesting lyrics in it. Uh, One part, he says, Every time I see you, a part of me says no, because you play me hard and I'm caught in the middle, missing you, missing you, double dribble, got me crying, like a string on a fiddle, you drive me crazy. (laughs) God, mixed metaphors. Oh, my God. So, yeah, and it's kind of like, you know, it's about it's about somebody who gets you going. And I'm going to speed up and get my feet on the gas pedal. I uh, make my own luck and it's my life and it matters. Only you can make me move. So, yeah, whoever it is, is, um, yeah, getting him up on the dance floor. There, Yeah,
1: making him double dribble.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Song number two, then, is Aya with I Was Gonna Marry Him. Monty, uh, <laughs> I'm going to you start with this because you got something to say.
0: <laughs> I've got quite a lot to say about this, actually. Um, I mean, it's quite a pitiful story of uh, a woman, or possibly two women, because it is a duet, um, who's lost the man that she intended to marry um, and... It's not quite clear that she's been jilted at the altar. Um, you know, there are lyrics in here where, you know, he, he he went off to see the world, but also that he ran away, and you're kind of thinking, well, you know, why is he run away? And um it is a sort of sad story, but they're they're also dressed well, like a couple of bridezillas. <laughs> and I don't know why there's two of them. They're kind of shouting at each other um about this man that They've lost. And it's not quite clear, you know, was he two-timing them both? They both lost him? Or are they, you know, are they two halves of the same woman? Or I don't know. It's really bizarre. I'm like, in big capital letters, I've got, why is it a duet? (laughs) But also
1: they look similar because I think they're sisters. I think they're they're
0: sisters. Yeah. Yeah. Which is even more
1: weird because they are singing earnestly to each other. I do. I think it is. Meant to be just a singular person, but I think it kind of works because if you are that kind of cad bloke who meets women and then the moment it starts getting serious, mm-hmm. you're off and you can give some lame excuse. Like, oh, I want to see the world. Oh, well, I've got to do it alone. Uh, I can imagine that you can start to have a trail of women <laughs> who feel jilted and maybe... That's the story. Maybe it is Maybe. two people, women finding solace in each other, saying, "This arsehole's both left us. And let's 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 have a drink and scream about him." And actually, let's put the wedding dresses on that we bought before he left us.
0: <laughs> that, you know, that that might well be true. This I'm mindful that is you know, although there are two of them singing, it is one perspective, uh, which always makes me think, "Well, what's the other side of the story?" Um, and it does make me think if you know if somebody. Saying, "Do you know what this isn't for me?" has prompted you to act in this way. Then you know what was it that you did that prompted him to run away in the first place?
1: Has he dodged a bullet or two bullets? (laughs) Well,
0: indeed, indeed. (laughs) There's a wonderful bit in the in the middle section where she sings. They they say it will get better with time, but I'm not a bottle of wine. I mean, apart from being the lyric of the air, I kind of want to get a bit psychoanalytical at this. I'm like, you know, if you were a bottle of wine, what kind of wine would you be? You know, what what bouquet does Jilted at the altar give? (laughs) It's giving woody notes, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) It's surely some kind of hollyhocks. Um, I mean, there is a man that comes on stage at the start. The first person we see is a man playing guitar, and he's looking very swarthy. And I have to say, if he's the man that's right away, then i totally sympathise with her. Because, yeah, I'd fight her for him. Yeah. Uh,
1: to be fair, he was always there on stage, wasn't he? He wasn't like away the, very far, then. Yeah. But, but he was um, kind of shrouded in dry ice a little bit. And I wonder whether that is meant to be the representation of the
0: man that left them. Anyway, they had some quite... Awful, puffball wedding dresses on. Uh, you kind of hope if they had one and they'd gone to Eurovision, would they have splashed out and got them a couple of hero wangs at least?
1: Oh, can, you can imagine the trail would have be been, like, massive.
0: <laughs> it's like pe- Princess Diaries. Yeah. <laughs> 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 like a <blemange>. um, <laughs> I um
1: I think this is the best song of the national final in terms of the song itself. Um, It's instantly you catch on to it straight away, despite the slightly unhinged nature of its delivery. I think there's some great use of light in here as well. Like there's one bit which, and only kind of uh, sort of the fifth or sixth time I saw it, like just now, they, there's this overhead shards of heavenly light. It's like bright white light, and it's kind of shooting it. And it's like, it looks gorgeous, almost like their the, the lament that they've just put out in the world is taking physical form. I thought it was, be- considered it's a studio, it wasn't a studio, it was an arena. Considering it was an arena um, with... It seemed quite... When you look at the rest of the performances, they're quite... It wasn't the most innovative stage yet, I have to say. And I think this was... It just really... I was like, oh, that's... Oh, I hope... If this one, I would have been saying, I hope they take that concept to Eurovision and make kind of a heavenly thing um, come down on them. I don't know. It just seemed really sort of...
0: So now he's not just run right away, he's dead. Maybe. Or maybe
1: <laughs> he's just a, a god that came down... To play with the humans and then...
0: If he's that first guitarist, then, yeah, I'd say he's quite godlike. Yeah. One thing I will say is quite strong about it is it tells a story in its three minutes. And that is something that I think does work quite well. At something like Eurovision where you've got a very short space of time to make an impact and telling a, 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 a well I want to say a coherent story I'm actually you know there's quite a lot of holes in it as we've just picked apart but it's a it's a story nonetheless it's kind of going somewhere um, and you know it's it's conveying something very clearly to you as a viewer so yeah there's that song number three is called and now's the time to send the children out of the room beautiful bullshit by Maya Maya. It's just as well that like you're generally uh, potty-mouthed motherfucker. <laughs> because we have to put an explicit marking on this podcast anyway. <laughs> and we need it for this, for beautiful bullshit. What do you think about it? Um,
1: I've got to be honest, um, a really wobbly start to the performance. Um, slightly off-key and roughly. But she grows into things a bit like Frederick did. I'm loving her... So how she looks, she's got this orange sparkly disco dress is what I would call a disco dress um, and knee-high purple boots and I just think it's a great look because it goes to the song which is kind of it, it suits the theme of the song and the performance she's it's a standard staging I have to say there's a setup with spotlights and there's a generic background and, and, and it's kind of forgettable and there's two dancers that offer a bit of movement around her um, at start she's quite static Sort of does her thing. But then again, she moves into the crowd or she moves into a satellite stage at least. Um, and then she seems to pick up a bit of confidence as well when she's amongst it. Yeah, I like it. It's a decent song, quite catchy. Yeah, I'd say decent entry that ends well.
0: No, you said that you thought the last song was the best song in it. I actually think this is the best song in it. But it's one of those songs where I was a little bit disappointed by the performance. Just doesn't really have the oomph. But I absolutely love the song. I love the whole um, premise of the song as well. She's talking about, you know, always falling for the wrong one. Because he keeps feeding the lines. And she keeps taking it in. She keeps believing it. And she, you know, she then, you know, she always realises she's a bit of an idiot for doing so. But she just keeps on falling because, he's you know bit of a kind of impish rogue and you know who doesn't like one of those? Um I I quite like the performance. I think it it does need a little bit more of a confident performance. And I think, you know, maybe had she had that confidence or it had been a performer that was a little bit more experienced on stage, perhaps, I think this could have been sold really well. Um, I loved the little backing dancers and singers. I thought they were really cute. They've got this kind of sort of little sassiness going on behind her, um, and I quite liked that. That bit where she comes out into the crowd, it's always that that danger once you get your plan moving to the TV studio, because, you know, there's a couple of dollards, sad monster sat beside her. You know, it's always that risk of, like, who's going to be sat there? Who's going to be appearing on TV? How yeah. are they going to interact?
1: Who's their spotlight going to pick up? Yes. Like, oh, it's you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I do like it. I think, it. you know, it would have been interesting had it been chosen because that the swearing in a non-native language thing particularly I think in sort of Scandinavian languages when you use swearing in English it's just not it's not as bad so you know and I think it's interesting to see where languages has evolved around swearing because bullshit almost feels as though it has a concept of its own away from you know the root of it being shit which would still be perceived as a bit of a swear word but a fairly acceptable one in to a native English speaker but you wouldn't have Being able to get away with it at sort of eight o'clock on a Saturday night on the BBC, no. So and I don't know, you know. Although it's later in most countries, I think it, you know, there probably would have had to be some censorship of the title.
1: Maybe I do. I I always think I would I say this to my mum, and I think would I say to mum, "Oh, mum, he's talking bullshit." Yeah, maybe I would actually, but what we now kind of say it's BS, don't we? A lot of people are now short it to BS. Like, the the language has moved on even more now. We don't even say bullshit. We say BS. And that is socially acceptable. Yeah, It's weird,
0: yeah. I'm really... I'm almost... Disappointed it was denied the opportunity to go because, from a linguistic point of view, I'd have been really interested to see how they amended it mm. and what they did with it, and you know where, where which were the boundaries they could push at and which are the ones that that they couldn't. So yeah, this is I I love it. It's a cracking little song for me.
1: Yeah, song number four. Them is Maria Leberg with Human. Thoughts
0: on Maria. Well, this is quite the performance. Um, Maria starts on a sort of a riser that's you know lifted the stage up, um, and she's in a sort of a neon yellow puffball frock over a black clothing, skin tight body. She kicks her shoes off as the riser comes down to stage level, and then she gets up, and then she takes. All of her clothes off. <laughs> she takes <laughs> the dress off. The sort of the leggings come off. the The vest comes off, and she's wearing flesh toned shorts and a flesh toned but over uh, time, t- yeah. But
1: over time, she isn't like whips it off really fast. Oh, no, it's, it's over the time, of the and song. it's not like a striptease. It's like a at the end of the night, you're just getting ready for bed. No,
0: she's kind of taking off, and because the song becomes um, a kind of existential muse on the human condition. So she's taking all of the layer, the outer layers, the the things we we dress ourselves up with, um, and exposing her humanity as she's pondering, you know, this existential being. I wasn't expecting it when she came on stage, I have to say.
1: Well, she starts... That that look when she's standing on the riser. I'll talk about the riser in a minute. That's my pet peeve. But she had this haute couture look about her, hair up, you know, very elegant, actually, and then she ends it basically in a flesh-coloured body suit, having taken her earrings off, her hair bands around, and she's actually shown like
0: that kind of sort of yeah. plait. Yeah, yeah, like
1: yeah, like kind of like dreads. And I think she's she's got like a pagan quality to her, like a pagan song, songstress. Um, but just a word on that riser. It's my pet peeve when on stage sometimes you you know there's equipment on stage, but you could see, like, the mechanical nature of this riser. It kind of, like, had that...
0: The sort of concertina, concertina yes.
1: um, yeah, uh, mechanism, engineering that makes it up and down, it folds up and down. But you could also see the, me- the brand of the apparatus. I just think you just... All you needed was maybe a, a cloth or something just to protect that, because it's just these minor little things that... Because I was staring at that for ages thinking what make is it? I can see the make. <laughs> and that's not what you want, do you know what I mean? It's just these little things like that which really knock me. So do you
0: want something a little bit like Lazara had, a little bit of sort of, you know, covering up her plinth?
1: Yeah, but even if it's just a black curtain which you can't quite see or you yeah. can't recognise her, or um, a black sticker or tape over the... Because... Even the concertina thing was a bit like, oh, that's kind of harsh when she's standing there as this elegant woman. It felt like you're watching it like you would in the arena.
0: (laughs) You have to give her credit, though, because it wasn't that long before she distracted you from it by all of the antics, by taking all the clothes off. And then we haven't even mentioned how the song closes, where um, four kind of swamp creatures come in around her and sort of drape, I don't know if it's ivy or if it's, Bladder rack or some kind of, you know.
1: That's what I was saying. Pagan. It's got like a pagan look and feel to it. It's
0: a little bit like what was it? Summer Solstice. What was his chops from Poland? The really, really handsome one that had the kind of like almost like sort of, you know, the river creature wraiths running around and Christian somebody. Just a couple of years ago, the one with the big voice. Oh, River by. Yes, River by by Ockham. That's it. They'll never guess in the edit that we actually spent a couple of minutes looking that up. <laughs> never. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, a little bit like that. It's kind of a, it was, it was a most unexpected performance. And Song 5 is called "Leah Hair by Søren Thurbergard Lund. Mm-hmm. Into my- The air is right
1: here. Yeah, it's a common song lyric or certainly a song title uh, that comes up a lot in Danish language. I think it's just like gorgeous queerness on stage. It's got that... It's not overtly in your face. It's just guy and sort of some kind of pretty makeup. Um, I say guy, so I don't know the the gender of a but I like the close-up of the beginning it's a nice warming feeling, Could sort of looks quite inviting, sort of um, safe and sort of just nice person, if that makes sense, <laughs> it's a nice person, um, but it's a warming feeling. And sort of then it sort of takes us through the first verse of this like, light-hearted ditty, and it is quite light-hearted. It reminds me a lot of a, of a, a Lamar track. Lamar is a UK R&B singer from the ooh, early noughties, but was... Um, uh, you've got a song called TikTok, and it's just—it's exactly the same chord structure, and it's—and it's, and it just puts me in mind of that when you're in the company of friends and you're just coming and having a sing along. This isn't quite what that this song is, but uh, the the feel of it and how it makes me feel
0: is pretty much in that lane. I think it's lovely. I think it's a lovely song. I really like the what what Cern is wearing it, as the camera pans out. I actually thought it was a, a sequined dress. But it's not. It's kind of like trousers. But it's like a halter neck um, top. And it's absolutely gorgeous. And you're right, there is that hint of queerness um, about it. It's slow. It's a little bit jazzy. um, It's very well performed and very well spotlit. It's very sentimental as well, I thought. But I I looked at the lyrics. And actually, the the lyrics are a little bit less interesting Mm. than the images you might conjure up with the the sort of the imagery that you have on stage. Um, And it is kind of like, you know, I mean, they're very nice, but it is that kind of sense of like, you know, I'm right here for you no matter what, you know, it'll be the two of us, we'll dance in the rain, Um, you know. So it's a little bit clichéd. Um,
1: unless it unless the words in Danish is quite poetic, we don't necessarily perhaps, pick up on yes, that. Yes, they might be
0: losing a translation. There is a hint of something darker though, because there's a line that translates as I've seen your tears become a smile in the last moment before everything was over. And I'm like well, that's hinting at something a Ooh, little bit more yeah. um, macabre, isn't it? Potentially, yeah. 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 And there's a little snap of the fingers which just brings the 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 end of the performance brings the sound kind of in on itself at a really quite sudden stop. And I quite like that. It just adds that hint of sort of finality Mm. and drama to it. Mm. Interesting song to close the podcast with. Yeah. So which of those five is going to be the Danish Cherry? Well, we'll find out after this. Matt Matt and Monty's Monty's Good Thing Thing of of the the Week. week. That is good. It's good. Oh, that's good, that is. So our Good Thing of the Week this week, the thing that we like to just sort of reflect as something positive is, well, we have a host city for 2024. And given that we're in the Danish episode, we thought, what better episode to highlight it? Because... It's going to be in Denmark. <laughs> <laughs> well. It's almost going to be in Denmark. It's almost going to be in the Danish capital city. But it's not. It's going to be over the Öresund Bridge in Malmö. Oh.
1: I I have something to say about this. And it, it is positive. This is a positive segment. So I'm going to keep it positive. Because I did see a lot of people moaning online about why is it not Stockholm? And I just think, don't have a short memory, guys. Or for people who are new to Eurovision you need to know how good malmo 2013 was i stayed in copenhagen got the train across all the time and it was absolutely you did not miss out you were very much part of things you had the two kind of destinations which is kind of quite different for you for eurovision every time the train going there it was a party train every time you came back if you left the kind of like at closing time whatever it was a party train coming this way it was a great time. Malmo itself is a, is a gorgeous little town, city. It's not a town, but it's, it whatever. It's it's a gorgeous destination, and we know Sweden can do Eurovision, and there there's going to be a Euro club, there's going to be a Euro cafe. You're going to have all the trimmings, and I really think it's going to be a really different experience to to recent years at least. And I think yeah, two thousand and thirteen was a, was great, and I think people. Aren't ready for it. It's going to be really good.
0: Yeah, I think, I mean, I, I wonder if some of the negativity came because it almost felt like it was the default option. It felt like, you know, Ernst was out of the question. Uh, Gothenburg was out of the question because of the arena. Stockholm had an arena problem and were proposing to build a temporary venue. Um, and actually, mama was the only one that had everything in place. And... We know it can host Eurovision because it's done it before. Um, And I think, yeah, Malmö was a great Eurovision as a fan experience on the ground. Because of the size of the Euroclub, the fans got accreditation into it. We also had the Eurofan Café in Pavillon in in the park. And it was just... It was wonderful. It was a lovely, lovely fan experience. Um, So, yeah, don't write it off. I I have to say, you know, Copenhagen's a much... More fun city, yes. Of to course. go out in it, et etc. Yeah. But if you go into Europe, you're going to go to the Europe club. You're going to go to the you know the fan venues anyway. You know, I would get a little tired of doing that bridge crossing if it was five in the morning and I was drunk and I just wanted to be in my bed. But it is doable. I would prefer to stay Malmo. I have to say, um, but yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a good one. You know, and the Swedes know what they're doing. Melody Festival Club and will be involved. You know, people that we know are involved in that. They're going to do a good job. And of course, you know, after Okay UK and Liverpool, they are going to want to do something even better to top that. Yeah, I
1: think it's going to be great. I think people are sleeping on how good this is going to be. Really good.
0: Matt and Monty's Good, good Thing of the week. week That is good. It's good. Oh, that's good, that is. So, it is time to reveal our Danish cherry. Matt, tell us what's been chosen.
1: Well, we might be absolutely fucking baffled, but we love. I was going to marry him by (laughs) a (laughs) year. Yay! Yeah, let's have a little listen to it, just to remind you just how glorious it is. So there we are. I was going to marry him. Or they were going to marry him.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think we should try and, you know, do you think we could get away with going to a bridal shop and trying on some frogs? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, why not? (laughs) Get a bit of video footage of this. (laughs) Do you think they clock us?
1: Uh, well, I don't know. It depends. If we pretend we're marrying each other and we're going to pick dresses out for each other, yeah. don't be too scared to and say I no. I can
0: identify as whatever gender I want. It's my human right. Yeah, yeah. 100%. <laughs> <laughs> so there we are. I was going to marry him is the Danish Cherry. Now you can get in touch with us. Uh, you can get in touch on social media. Twitter at Second Cherry, Instagram at Second underscore Cherry and Facebook Second Cherry Podcast. You can also email us, which is hello at SecondCherry.Vision. Hello at SecondCherry.Vision. We would love to hear your thoughts. What do you think of the bridezillas? <laughs> <laughs> we will be back next time and we'll be bringing you Germany. Mm, yeah,
1: Deutschland. It. Thank you very much for listening. We'll see you later.
0: Bye. Bye.